No Thanks Needed with Mike Van Acker. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Mike. Welcome to No Thanks Needed. This week, sometimes I'm incredibly stupid and need to be rescued. That happened. I have a new part-time job. Spoiler alert, my girlfriend is now my boss. And we'll dip into the Kalanga Chronicles. I'll let you know something crazy that happened in my street this week. But first... No Thanks Needed. Sport. Well, the cricket season is back in full swing and I, for one, could not be happier. I loved the Big Bash, although I loved it more when it didn't go for four months, have 5,000 games and consist of stupid rules that no one understands. So amid all of those changes, it's nice that some things have stayed the same and by that I mean the Brisbane Heat are still a bit shit. Yep, they, like the Broncos, are my team, so I will continue to support them, but... Like in the NRL, I've been forced to appoint a backup team to cheer for when my team gets knocked out early, as the Heat invariably are. And that team, for me, is the Melbourne Stars, because of Glenn Maxwell. Maxi is all the unpredictability of an entire T20 game, but in the form of a single player. Also a little bit odd, because Drea is a little bit in love with Glenn Maxwell, not as a dude, just as a cricketer. Bizarre. Anyway, I just want to say, come on, Brisbane Heat. Win some stuff, or for now at least, I'll take at least look like you might win some stuff. Do well in certain sections of the game, I'll take that. Get one on the stumps, hit a decent shot, just the odd one or two. Ah, remember when Brisbane teams were good at sport? Uh, never mind, but I think it's going to be a long summer. No thanks needed. So, in less than two weeks, it'll be done. Christmas will have been done and run. Run and done, however that saying goes. I've got a heap to get through before the fat man cometh. Mostly stuff around the house because my family comes to mine on Christmas Day. But more worryingly, I have quite a bit of shopping to do. In fact, you could almost say I have all of my shopping to do. I've got Drea one present so far. It arrived via, well, via the the postie. And I'm a little bit freaked out. Um, I spent a lot of years never buying anything until December 23rd. I told myself it was because they might cancel Christmas, and if they do, I'll be miles in front. I don't do that anymore, but I still feel the spectre of Christmas creeping up on me, and every day it gets a little bit worse. I've realised I think I have present shopping anxiety, and I blame Drea. Okay, my girl Drea is the best present giver in the world. She plans that shit. She's shopping online pretty much constantly throughout the year and she just quietly buys stuff and squirrels it away into her present box. That's right, she has a present box. I do not. Her presents for me are always thoughtful, funny, clever and cool. Mine, for her, are not. It's not because I don't want them to be, it's not because I don't try, I'm just not good at this. In previous years, when it was in the budget, I just threw money at it. Like on this day two years ago, we were in Canada on our way to New York City. God, I can't imagine, speaking of, when we'll get back to our beloved New York City. I suspect, though, that even if it's not until 2029, Trump will still be trying to convince people he won the election and his gullible supporters will still be giving him their money. Anyway, I have already bought Drea some stuff and I will get through this Christmas thing, but the kicker is her birthday is Boxing Day. 
And it's fair to say she's not a fan of having Christmas and a birthday on consecutive days. I don't think her family helped all that much when she was younger. Her dad had a thing where he'd give her Christmas presents, take the wrapping paper back, turn it inside out, wrap her birthday presents with it. It's fair to say Drea is not a fan of the consecutive days. The worst thing for me, though, is knowing if you didn't quite get it right on Christmas Day, there's no ducking out to the shops to rectify the situation before her birthday. you got to plan that shit in advance and you got to be on it. And anxiety is a funny thing. Like, I could just go out to the shops tomorrow and get on with it, but somehow I'm almost paralysed. I will get it done eventually. All of this is my way of saying, if you see me at the shops on Christmas Eve, for the love of God, get out of my way. <laughs> I'll be freaking out. <laughs> no thanks needed. I think a lot of people would think I'm a confident person. I don't think I am a lot of the time, and sometimes I amaze myself with my own stupidity. On Wednesday, just gone, I turned up to North Lake Sports Club where I run trivia, have done every week on the Wednesday for uh, oh, six months or so, I suppose. I plugged in my laptop to get it to send the trivia presentation to the projector from there to the big screen. All good. The screen drops down like it's meant to. Tick. The TV screen's on the side of the room. Flicking into life. Also tick. But the projector sat up there in the ceiling on its bracket, unmoved, uninterested, unimpressed, which is very bizarre. And the weird thing is, as I was setting up, I'd actually thought to myself, this projector is one of the good ones. It never, never plays up. And a lot of the trivia venues, it does. Anyway, projector doesn't work. So I do the obvious thing. I call for help. I call the duty manager. And while I'm waiting for her to come over, I walk around the projector from the ground, obviously, and I'm looking up at it and I can see there's a PowerPoint next to it and then something's plugged into it and it's turned on. So I assume we're all good there. Duty manager comes over. She goes up. Projector doesn't work. I go, yeah, no kidding. So I'm gearing up to run trivia old school, like I did when I started the business 17 years ago, just me with a clipboard and a microphone reading out the questions. It's not as good. It's not as visual. It doesn't give the players a focal point. And it means if they're talking, they miss a question. They've got It's got to be repeated. Trivia takes longer. Anyway, for lots of reasons, the projector is good. But never mind. Show must go on. Projector not working tonight. I'll do it old school. I'm only a few minutes away from starting Triv when James, James is a good guy, he's a player, part of a team called Dad's Night Out, he comes over and he says, mate, I'm no rocket scientist, but I think the projector is unplugged. Unplugged, I say, but how could this be when verily I have checked it myself just a moment or two ago? I go, look, and bugger me, it is. The plug is just hanging down in midair. Now, if you remember, I went and looked at that. I specifically went and looked at that, and I didn't see it. I don't know how I missed it, given it was just hanging down in the air. (sighs) Anyway, I probably would never have seen it if James hadn't swung in on a rope and rescued me. So I go to the duty manager. I say, hey, projector's unplugged. She goes, shut up. I said, you shut up. She laughed, which is good because I realized I don't know her at all and don't know if she knows how that joke goes. Anyway, she calls the guy with the ladder. Guy with the ladder gets other guy to show up with a table. We put the ladder on said table in a big up yours to workplace health and safety the world over. They go up the ladder, plug the projector in. It works and we run trivia without a hitch. But the thing is... I was about to run it old school unnecessarily. I am an idiot. Thank you, James. You have demonstrated to me once again that not only do I not know everything, some days I don't know anything. No thanks needed. Kalanga Chronicles. Now, for those of you with long memories, you'll recall that a couple of weeks back I said I was going to have to paint the eaves of my house, and that project is nearly done. The other day, I was out the back painting away, 
and I heard a car on the street behind my house. Picture this if you can. I live in a cul-de-sac, but there is another cul-de-sac that runs parallel to mine. So across my backyard, across the neighbor's yard, I can see the other cul-de-sac. I can hear what happens in that street. Anyway, I'm painting away. I hear a car come down the parallel cul-de-sac. He does his massive burnout. Then I hear a screech of brakes and this huge bang as he's hit something. Now, at the time, my son Jake had just gone for a walk. He does that. And my first thought was about him. Now, I realized it would be incredibly unlucky for him to be walking along, get hit by a random car. But if you know my history, you'll know that I sometimes do have very unlucky things happen around me. Not this time. Jake's fine. It's all good. But we didn't know that. So Drea and I went for a quick walk to have a look officially to make sure Jake was okay. Unofficially, we just wanted to have a bit of a look. Got around to the next street. Looked like a convention of construction workers. About 20 guys on the street, don't know where they all came from. All of them in high vis, all staring at the dickhead who managed to crash his car in a cul-de-sac into pretty much nothing. We had a quick look up the street, chose not to join the convention, just turned around, walked home. But not before we worked out that the guy who crashed his car actually lives in our street, right down the end of the cul-de-sac. He lives in a share house, right? And from what I can tell, there are between 30 and 120 people living there at any given time. They're all aged around 20. There are about eight cars in the yard most of the time. And it seems to be a bylaw of their house that at least one of those cars must have its bonnet up at all times with at least two of the occupants peering in at the motor bit. Now, I'm not saying the people living there are dodgy, but a few weeks back, I was doing some stuff in my front yard and a police car came slowly cruising down our street. They do that from time to time. Hello, Kalanga. Right when they turned up, the blokes down the street who were having a car repair convention, they all just turned as one and just, oh, I might just go inside, I think. Yeah, no, me too, Dave. Yeah, no, let's go. Just casually walk down the driveway. I've also noticed these people get a lot of visitors who only stay for a few minutes at a time. Whatever could that mean? Anyway, it was one of those guys who crashed his car. It turns out the thing to do is drive down the parallel cul-de-sac, do a burnout to alert his housemates that Dave will be home in a tick, and then come roaring down our street at around 160 k's an hour in his 2003 Toyota Camry. Good times. Of course, now he'll have to get his Uber driver to do that on his behalf because his car has been written off. And so has the neighbour's fence. Gotta love living in Kalanga. Never a dull moment. You're listening to Mike Van Acker. Beware of cheap imitations. You guys, Drea's succulent business is out of control. If you remember, it started as a hobby business during COVID and it has taken on a life of its own. To the point where we're setting up a business called Crazy Succulent Lady. We've registered the business name, we've bought the domain name, we've done everything officially except set up the website because she's actually too busy selling plants to set up a website to sell plants from. Crazy times, crazy succulent lady. I'm keen to help, keen to be involved, but it's fair to say my skill set does not extend to succulent arranging. Drea is great at it. She's in there with tweezers and pliers and spends ages putting it all together. And she does it all saying thrill, fill and spill, which is apparently some kind of succulent arranging mantra. And meanwhile, I do some of the other stuff like drilling holes in the bottom of the pots. Succulents don't like wet feet, so every pot must have drainage, but a lot of the ones you buy just don't have that hole. And that's where I come in with my trusty Ryobi drill. At this point, I'd like to send a shout out to the pot makers of the world with this message. You guys are working too hard. I have drilled holes in pots that appear to be made out of reinforced concrete with the same thickness one might use if one was building, say, a bomb-proof bunker. So to the pot makers of the world, I say, relax, you guys. It's got to hold soil, 
and a little plant, there's no need to be preparing it to withstand a nuclear blast. I also do deliveries. This week, Drea sent me off on a run of deliveries, leaving Kalanga, heading to Gordon Park, then to the Gap, then Cinnamon Park, then out to Richland. It was all for the one client, a nice person, who was sending Chrissy presents to her staff, who are all still working from home, which is all good. Now, I get that I don't look like a delivery driver, I don't act like one either. If I was a real delivery driver, I'd sneak up to the letterbox, shove her, you weren't home, so go to the post office card in there and bugger off. But I didn't, I actually knocked on the door. I wasn't dressed like a delivery driver either, no high vis, no white van, just a well-dressed guy in a nice car, but still clearly dodgy according to the people whose door I knocked on. People were just suspicious. I have learned along the way that people have a fear of opening their front door when the doorbell unexpectedly rings, so I know you're supposed to ring the bell and take a step or two back. I did that. People still looked at me with fear, suspicion, distrust in their eyes. One lady said, I haven't ordered anything and went to close the door on me. Anyway, eventually I got them all delivered, but along the way I realised how sad it is that people are full of fear, suspicion, distrust, unease. That or I'm just naturally creepy and should not be given what many businesses now call a customer-facing role. But no, I'm, I'm going to blame society. Can't be me, can it? Nah, it's not me. Oh, no thanks needed. All right, you guys, that's another episode of No Thanks Needed done and dusted. Thank you for listening to my various ramblings this week. Shout out to my great friend, Tony Laffin, who will be listening to this podcast whilst he's preparing dough for his new pizza shop, Caramia Pizzeria, down at Labrador on the Gold Coast. Tony is the hardest working man I know, and I love that he's getting rave reviews for his pizza, pasta, ribs, all of that stuff. Couldn't be happier for him. Good on you, mate. Have a great week, everyone. I'll chat to you next time. Bye. No Thanks Needed with Mike Van Acker. Produced by the Podcast Boss.